you know, now I think it's a little tougher, you know, there, there, there's so many coaches and um, you got to kind of weed through, you know, who, who, who are the coaches that did one deal and now they're a coach, um, you know, which ones are really just coaches and haven't even done the business. Um, so what I, what I kind of say, like, if you're going to do this now, I, I almost think it's better. A great book can totally challenge your conventional thinking and change your life for good. However, some of us just don't have the luxury of time of sitting down to read a book. But there are some instances in which we do have dead time. And these are perfect times to learn. So we can learn while driving instead of jamming to the same music on the radio. Or maybe at the gym. Well, now you can. Dwelling has partnered with Amazon's Audible to give you the Dwell listeners a free book. Yes, a free book. So all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash dwelling and download your free book. This will also be in the show notes. You can click on the link. And if you don't have a book in mind and you say, Ola, I don't actually know where to start with. Well, awesome, because I can tell you one to start with today. It's a quintessential classic. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So download Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that would basically just take your mind on a different spin. Of course, I'm always open to hear um, from our Dwell listeners. So email me at ola at dwelling.com. And then feel free to also give us a, a rating and review. This really helps us to rank better in iTunes. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got an awesome guest with us today. I've got Judge Hebrew with us. Hey, Judge, how you doing? Doing good. How you doing today? Doing fantastic. So glad to have you on the show. Obviously, we've we've met once. I think I came to one of your your acquisitions, and obviously, we see a lot on the mastermind that we're on together, and obviously on on, on social media, on LinkedIn, and things like that. So, really nice to have you to to share your story. Same here, man. I'm excited. Yeah, cool. So, you know, let's kind of jump right into it. Um, you know, just tell us a little bit more about who you are what you've been doing and kind of what you're doing lately actually okay yeah so I'll, I'll try to rush you through my my background um so i can get into what's going on lately uh i started in single family investments about 15 years ago um quit my w2 started doing full-time real estate opened a construction company about 11 years ago to scale the then single family investments um, learned a lot in doing so. I was able to scale and we were averaging maybe 45 flips a year plus the wholesales. And then we started doing some uh, new development as well. Some smaller multifamily um, to about four years ago is when I was introduced to syndications and large multifamily properties. And once I was introduced to that, um, I fell in love with it. I knew that's, uh, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to focus on. Uh, made some changes within my companies. And, and now that's pretty much what I'm focusing on, on the investment side, as well as the construction company. Um, we do our own construction work and also work with investor clients as well and uh, should be right at about 2,000 doors after this month 
and wanting to get to 10,000 as soon as possible. Yeah, nice. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. I was just kind of taking some notes. So I definitely want to go a little bit back. So <laughs> you, <laughs> you first and foremost, you, you go into real estate, then you quit your job, right? So at what point did you actually quit your job? So literally at what point in your real estate strategy, was you on the single family side? And, you know, after that, when you did quit your job, did you get to that promised land that everybody wants to get to where it's like, you don't do anything. You just, you know, chilling on the beach. How was that like for you? So yeah, I'll dig in a little deeper there. Um, I started to be an electrical engineer while I was studying. I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, I just, uh, I got my degree, but at the same time I was, I did some research and I knew that I want to go into real estate investing. At the same time, um, I got my realtor's license. I got my mortgage broker's license. I started uh, doing some of those things, but always keeping in mind that I wanted to be an investor. So I finally hired a coach to teach me how to do the real estate investing. Um, and then that's really what excelled that, um, that next step to where I finally started doing deals on a constant basis where I felt comfortable enough to where the time I was spending at work, I was losing money because I would, I could be spending time in the investment side and making more than I was at my job. Um, and that's what made me finally quit and start doing real estate full time. And this was when you were still doing your, your flips, right? With kind of flipping houses then. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Uh, I don't remember exactly how many deals before. Um, it wasn't more than a year. I mean, it took maybe six months or so of doing, um, single family wholesales and flips back then to, um, to turn in my resignation. Yeah, so a lot of people kind of ask this question, and this has been a, a pretty big debate in just the real estate investing world. Like, you know, some people say bond the boat, others say, you know, basically, you know, put the put an anchor on the boat just in case, you know, there's a massive monster in, on the island and you need to kind of run. You know, what are your thoughts been that you've actually done so? You've you've quit your job and you focus on real estate. What are your thoughts on that? On the two philosophies, I guess. You know, I, I took it to the point where I was literally doing as much as I possibly could, could like taking care of my, my work. And then any time outside of that, I mean, I was hustling, you know, I had that, that side hustle you call right. Um, until that side hustle started pressing and pressing and, and, um, I was at my W2 job, you know, taking calls constantly for the investment side. Um, and that, that kind of pushed me to make the next step. Now I'll give you an example. You know, that was maybe 2006 or so. I can't remember exactly what year. And then we had the crash 2008. So, I mean, you know, I had a, a couple of years of, of doing awesome. <laughs> um, and I'm in, Back then I was in South Florida. Now I live in, in Dallas, Texas. Um, so South Florida was one of the hardest hit places. Um, prices were super inflated. 
Um, and at that point, I needed to decide, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back and be an engineer or am I going to weather this storm and, and, and figure it out and be flexible? Um, and that's what I decided to do. You know, that's what made me move to Dallas because I, I looked at different markets um, and Dallas was one of the most stable ones at that time. So, you know, it, it depends. Uh, my philosophy now that I've gone through all that, I would say, look, if you've got a good um, W-2 job, um, stay there as long as you possibly can until it doesn't, until it doesn't make sense, you know, until um, you're making more money doing whatever that side hustle is, um, then make that change. Yeah, actually, that that's that is my advice, actually, because a lot of folks that, you know, want to jump into real estate don't really understand, like, the amount of patience and the amount of grit that goes into, you know, just finding one deal, right? Like, I mean, you you know this one, similar markets here in Texas, and it's just, if you have, a, like you said, a good paying job, um, actually, there's a data that came out and said, you know, people had a 33% chance of succeeding, in their side also if they kept their day job right which makes absolute sense so yeah totally totally um agree on that another thing that you did was you found a coach and you got a coach right so mentors coaches masterminds um just basically having that knowledge right um you know first and foremost how do you find a good coach and just what are your thoughts on you know mentoring and, and having a coach You know, things change. You know, back then it was it was it was pretty easy to find a coach. There wasn't so many. Um, you know, there was only a few, and and uh, what I did was just look at the track record and um, call up some references and whatnot. But uh, you know, now I think it's a little tougher. You know, there, there there's so many coaches, and um, you got to kind of weed through. You know, who 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 are the coaches that did one deal and now they're a coach? Um, you know, which ones are really just coaches and haven't even done the business? Um, so what I what I kind of say, like, if you're going to do this now, I, I almost think it's better to um, find where you can add value to somebody that's doing what you want to do not necessarily a coach um, and add value to them and, and kind of learn that way. You know, um, even if you got to offer your, if you got to work for free, whatever you got to do, you know, get your foot in that door and, and um, learn that way. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree as well. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people just kind of think if I get a coach, then I would be like the coach even if you're paying for the coach, right? I mean, there's just so, there's just a lot of things that goes in, in between meeting a coach, paying for a coach, or even helping a coach before getting to, you know, kind of the same, same level that they're at. So I think people forget that too. Um, I do want to touch on something. I mean, you were doing 45 flips a year. That is a lot of flips. My question is this though, for somebody that's done 45 flips a year and now doing multifamily syndication and, you know, construction management on multifamily assets, which do you prefer more and why? 
<laughs> oh man, multifamily, so much more. Uh, it's 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 fun. It's fun when you get to a certain point. Um, when you know, I, I like to go all out when I do when I do things, and um, I just wasn't satisfied doing a few flips here and there. Um, just a lot of transactions, you know, um, between the single family. Um, a lot of transactions, not, you know, if you're doing fix and flips, you don't have the cash flow. Um, so answer your question, multifamily, a thousand percent. Okay. So kind of going to piggyback on that a little bit. Um, you know, there are some barriers that you have to jump, right? If you're coming from, you know, single family to multifamily, right? That we, that I feel, I feel like we syndicators don't talk enough about, right? Um, you need a, you know, guarantor, someone sign on the loan, you know, you need, if, if your balance sheet isn't as large as it wouldn't be if you don't have any experience in it, right? So like, what were some of the barriers that, you know, somebody doing really well in, in a, you know, flipping business trying to get into, you know, multifamily syndication, you know, what are the barriers that you faced and how did you overcome those? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is multifamily isn't single family. You can possibly quit your job and start doing single family and start making some money. Possible. If you've got um, your ducks in a row. Um, Multifamily, not so much, man. It's it's uh, you can be waiting a long period of time before you get your first acquisition or your second acquisition or uh, you know definitely your exiting um, of a of a property or a deal. Um, so there there could be these long gaps where you're not making any money. <laughs> um, so you definitely have to take that into account. Uh, it's not till you really get it going. Um, that, that you start seeing the benefits of multifamily. That yes. So, so I, yeah, yeah, no, sure. I, I see that, you know, you've obviously scaled about 2000 units. You said you're coming up to 2000 units. The, the target is 10,000. And I see that you guys are vertically integrated. Um, you've got basically, you know, all your, all your business functions in-house. Um, you know, what was the rationale for you guys, you know, going vertically integrated? And, you know, how does that fit into kind of your long-term plan into having, you know, 10,000 units on the management? Yeah, the, look, the, the more doors you get under management, the more you can bring in-house, the more it makes sense to bring things in house, the more, the more you have in house, the more control you have. But every aspect you you decide to bring in house, whether it's construction, property management, whatever else, um, it's in a sense, its own business. Um, so you've got to be able to, to manage that. Um, you've got to be able to hire the right individuals, uh, there's no way one single person can run all those businesses, you know, without the right people in place. Um, you can't be the day-to-day -day operation manager, whatever you want to call it, of um, each one of those. So the reason I want to get to 10,000 is to bring most things in-house and continue to grow that portfolio. 
um, have it producing as, and being as strong as it possibly can uh, without relying on third-party companies and um, yeah. So let's take a trip into the future, right? So let's say in, in the nearest future, yeah, you wake up one day, you've got 10,000 units, you know, AUM. What do you think you'd want to do next? 20,000. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy answer. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So basically as big as you can get, that's kind of the idea. Basically, you know, bringing on the right team members as, as we grow, um, you know, but yeah, I don't, I don't plan on slowing down. Awesome. So um, what I would also wanted, I wanted to touch on is, so you also not only kind of manage your own, you know, value at your rehabs, you also now, I think it's JNT, right? You actually help other investors, you know, with kind of construction, even are you guys into ground up now? We are, yeah. We, um, you know, we've done done it for years, but uh, end of last year, we actually merged with another construction company that that's their specialty. So, yes, we definitely do that. Awesome, awesome. All right. So before we kind of go into the quick runs, I want us to talk about you know a case study, like maybe a deal that you really liked. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be the deal that you made the most money. Maybe there was just a really cool story about it. So just give us a case study of a deal that you really like. Um, you know, we got one uh, 216 unit that we purchased in Oklahoma. Um, not the uh, craziest looking numbers or the, the sexiest looking economy. Um, it's a smaller city in, in Oklahoma, a lot in Oklahoma, but uh, we've been able to to execute the, the business plan there and um, it's going great as far as occupancy, collections, um, projections compared to actuals. Um, so it's been one of those those properties that uh, it's been a little surprising. Not that we thought we were going to do bad with it. It just it's yeah, it's doing yeah. better than we thought. Right, right, right. Sometimes you just don't know until you actually start, you know, um, operationalizing your business plan. Right, essentially. Awesome. Well, we definitely definitely dwelling into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. You ready, sir? Hopefully it'll be quick answer. <laughs> All right. First question. What makes you judge your Nick? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? You know, specific to, to multifamily, I think uh, my construction experience um, definitely helps me stand out. The fact that I want to continue to grow and, and um, that I'm determined and relentless. Awesome. Second question. What was the last book that you read and what was the one thing that you picked out or learned from that book? The, the, the Four Disciplines of Execution. Uh, awesome. Uh, similar concept to, to EOS. I don't know if you're familiar with, with, with that traction. Uh, yes. 
it's like a slimmer version of that, um, which is all about having a, a business uh, operating system and, and just having everybody on the same page and um, having weekly meetings and, and KPIs that are followed. Scorecard so that everybody can see their KPIs and where they're at and how they're hitting their goals. Um, so that's something I've been implementing for the past year or so within uh, our companies, and um, that's one of those things that helps. You know, we continue to bring things in in-house. Makes sense. Makes sense. Final, final question. You're obviously running, you know, your your, your company, and, um, you're running all the syndications, you're a busy man, you've got a lot going, obviously also, you know, spending time with family, you've got everything going on. What do you do for fun? <laughs> um, not a lot, man. Uh, I mean, I guess now with COVID for sure, but, um, you know, usually, uh, Basketball, I love playing basketball. I love the beach. Um, so whenever I can take a, a vacation and love spending time with my family, I mean, just taking the, the kids to to their sporting events is is fun. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So if there's somebody listening to us thinking, oh wow, I really want to learn a little bit more, um, maybe they're in the Texas market or maybe anywhere in the country. Where's the best place people can reach out, get to know you more? Yeah, so we've got um, social media wise, we're on every platform. If you search my name on at least the three major ones, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, if you search my name or if you search my company name, Elevate, um, you'll find me. And then we've really been updating our website, ElevateCIG.com, stands for Commercial Investment Group. So Elevate cig.com um we've been kind of putting all the content together on our site um, so it's easy to find and uh, they want to shoot me if your listeners want to shoot me an email as well i can send them some free content on that so i've got a due diligence check list, uh, a couple other um, items and my email is my first name so george or jorge it's j-o-r-g-e elevatecig.com George, thank you so much really really appreciate that um thank you thank you thank you thank you man you may have heard the phrase there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate well now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand believe it or a thousand podcasts and still going the best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.